episode of Game of Life with Dan and Harmon. It's just Dan here today. I'm so thrilled, though, to be joined by Riley Nottingham today. I'm thrilled to be here. <laughs> First of all, you're handsome, you're blonde, your surname is Nottingham. Are you sure you're not a prince? Oh, very, very <laughs> kind. Very, very kind. Yes. Or a sheriff. Yeah, or sheriff. a sheriff. Yeah. 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 Uh, not that I know of. I haven't done the DNA, like Ancestry.com yeah. thing yet, yeah. but potentially, maybe. I'd like to go to Nottingham uh, one day. I will. Yeah. Uh, and just, I'd love to see, like, is there a Nottingham family that I'm from there? And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you're, so you're a comedian. Well, well, that's it. Well, yes, yes potentially. I yes. mean, if you yeah. if you say I am, then I no, am. This no, is something I've been wondering about. No, you're very funny, but you were most recently in Thank God You're Here as well, and I have to talk about that right off Absolutely. the bat. How did you get that job? <laughs> How the hell did you get a job on Thank God You're Here? Gosh, the, the, this is the question. This is the question. Yeah. Look, not, none of us... There, there's an interview that Celia Pacquale did... Uh, I think five or six years ago when she got on uh, Utopia. Yes. And she kind of talks, the interviewer asked her that question yeah. and she goes, oh, it's a mysterious way of working dog, <laughs> not quite sure. Yeah. And honestly, that that's the way it is for all of, like, all of us. Yeah. Um, you just, it, it's it's kind of mysterious. I mean, for us, we, um, the, a lot of, because it had been something that I guess they'd been working up to for a while, uh, you know, in the, the 16-year whatever hiatus, I think they 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 go and see a lot of comedy shows yeah. and they just keep their finger on the pulse. Look, for for me the the interaction I'd had with work, working dog and I'm not even sure how, you know, yeah. uh, it's so strange con- to say. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. Well. <laughs> oh, just, you know, I work with working dog. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very great great or well, gr- grateful to um, to be able to work with working dog. I did I did a show called Metrosexual a few years ago mm-hmm. and uh I co-star on that with Geraldine Hickey. Yes. And she went on to Have You Been Paying Attention? Yeah. And they very kindly, even though it's Channel 10, they kindly played a bit of the show oh, on nice. it. Yeah. And so that was kind of the extent of my interaction with Working Dog, just yeah, going, great. oh, my gosh, they're so supportive yeah. of of kind of fellow creators. And, yeah, look, the honest answer is I'm not sure. I just got a message and say, oh, and then uh, c- c- come along, <laughs> would you maybe, you know, come along to this uh, and then it ended up being that show and it, it is it wow. is a mystery to this day which is kind of cool but also kind of crazy um yeah did you grow up watching it oh absolutely how old are you uh how old do you think i am i ask this of everyone 30 so yeah i'm a bit older 32 32, 32. okay 32. 33. 33. okay yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah yeah so you're ni- 90 1990 1990 yeah yep yeah. cool so i absolutely grew up watching it so 2006 7 i would have that would have been grade 10 for me yeah and I was the best. I mean, and yeah. jo- Josh Lawson, especially uh, being from Brizzy and being, I think he's, I'm not sure if he's youngest or oldest. I know he's in a family of, I think, four or five boys and I'm the youngest yeah. of four boys. And so seeing him like go on that and then go to America, so inspiring. Yeah. And then Hamish, Andy, and uh, course, it, yeah. it was absolutely yeah. huge fan, were huge you, fan. How nervous were you on your first day? So nervous, yeah. so nervous. But nerves are so good because yeah. nerves are just excitement, yeah. right? It's just you're you, you you're just telling yourself a different story. Like if, yeah. if you feel fear, if you feel excited, it's all the same yeah. kind of thing bubbling away in you. Yeah, uh, the pressure is enormous, and that's awesome. Mm. And the trust they have in in us and the way they set it up, it's it's just magical. Yeah, um, the audience 
the audience each time, I think it's about 500 people. Like you yeah. go to the showgrounds and put your name on the list to, to, to go in. It is such a vibe yeah. because you're performing, you know, it's, it's kind of TV, it's kind of theater, it's kind of magic. There's nothing else like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, inc- it's incredible. So I think, I think myself and all the other ensemble members, I remember sit- we were sitting and uh, in the, in the audience rostra and kind of um, just looking at each other going, this is insane. Like this is, we love this show. Yeah. We're on this show. This is amazing. This is amazing. This is amazing. We were just mm. exactly the same feeling. Also grateful and excited yeah. to be there. And you also had um, some OG ensemble members there as well, part of the cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Heidi um, and to do Heidi Arena and uh, Nicola Parry yeah. and then Jason Geary as well. So, yeah, incredible mentors because it, it's, so, it's so daunting. There isn't really something quite like it and they're just the most calming presence and just just anytime we have questions they're there to help they're they're still you know our our equals as performers but but when we um but when we need that support they're there and yeah they're in in the most beautiful group of Mm. people all the cast all the crew it's yeah it's a it's a dream it's a dream so i went to one of the tapings um the one adam hills was uh oh, I guess judge on yes yes okay and they liquor up the audience before they <laughs> send them in so i think that helps as well yeah like it really is an amazing vibe there throughout the night yeah and there's like they set up all the photos and the pictures yeah, and stuff yeah and like, yeah yeah, yeah. The, from the classic um series yeah and it's just it's such a well-oiled machine as well just seeing how it all works yeah. and it's just an incredible experience. Oh, it's it's yeah. amazing. It's amazing. That's the thing. It's such a it's such a, a huge amount of effort to yeah. put on something like that. It's 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 definitely the biggest live be, you know beast yeah. I've ever been involved. With. I think it sort of reinvigorated as well the um, Australian comedy on television as well because yeah. people seem sort of excited as well on social media when that show came back last year. Uh, the nostalgia yeah. is huge, yeah. right? Like it's like that. It's people have a memory of it. Like kids have a memory of it. Adults have a memory. It's one of those thing things that's cross generational now. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And so yeah, it's like oh, it's yeah, I, it's, it's buzzing. <laughs> and we're doing another season. I know. Which is like ah, oh, it's, it's. When do you amazing. start filming that? I. I know nothing. No, I know nothing. nothing. No. Even if I did, I could say nothing. Uh, or I, a yeah. red dot would appear on my forehead. <laughs> I'd be gone, Dan. I'd be gone. So talk, walk me through how um, how it works on the ensemble. How much do how much do you prepare? How much is sort of just off the cuff? Or oh. so <laughs> I look. I can't say too much about it. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. Trade secrets. They're, they're, Trade secrets. They're, they're yeah. Very very. Um, yeah. They don't like revealing the magic. Yeah. Um. But if you if you come along to a live taping, yes. you would. Uh. I mean, how was it for you? Like for what you saw compared to how it was on the on the the final product on TV. I think they probably cut one or two things that weren't on the final product. I think they did a sort of alternative take with. Was it Ursula Carlson? I think was was oh, on like, that show. Yeah, like in, in between stuff they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they did like an alternate take there, but that was really it, I think, from memory. But I remember when there was um, Adam Hills was complaining that you were using they were using fake fires in in the scene. <laughs> but then I think one of the final scenes there was an actual fire. So I don't know how much that was sort of thought ahead of time or or what. But yeah. it, it is it was pretty much. What I saw there on the night is what I got on the final product as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I and look, I I, th- I think it is very 
very like, like you see like that it's yeah. it's we don't um and again this ed, uh, ed and ed and others would speak about this in interviews there is no like they don't see us we don't see them yeah. so it is a total surprise because people yeah. will always ask oh, do that, have they seen what's through the blue door no they yeah. don't know anything yeah uh and especially when it hadn't uh been when the first episodes hadn't gone to air yet yeah, yeah. it's total total secrecy yeah um yeah, which is also amazing that they're doing that because in the age of social media and everything, it is incredible because if you think about how many thousands of people had come along to the show before it came out, mm. but no no one, at least that I was aware of or that got picked up, like no one was tweeting about the guests that were on or, yeah. or revealing any of the no. secrets. It's kind of like Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, yeah, no. don't, don't reveal the no. secret. Everyone kind of stuck with that, which is yeah, really cool. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, because I, when I saw Adam Hills there, I'm like, what? I, like I think when by the time I saw it live, I don't. I think maybe one or two episodes had come out, and I didn't realize there was sort of this rotating guest judge in each week. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you would have thought, so oh, I was, is he the judge for yeah, the whole yeah, series? yeah, yeah. So I was surprised when I saw Adam Hills there. I'm like, oh, that's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool that they've done. Um, like Tom Gleiser was awesome judge, but it is cool that they've now used that as a new device, and there's yeah. like someone different each time. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's exciting. Yeah, and Celia is amazing. She's the best host. Like it's does such a great job. I was listening to Celia on another podcast and she mentioned you and how you always um, are the one who gets sort of picked on <laughs> every episode. So, you know, whoever's going through the blue door would just turn to you and say, who's this guy? Or, What's this guy's name again? Why is he here? I, yeah, I, yeah, it seemed to be. Yeah, we, <laughs> I know it's kind of started happening. Uh, maybe, but you know, it'll be a new year. Maybe that won't happen anymore. But it, it is funny how people uh, pick on you. Well, people are just using whatever, yeah. whatever comes to mind. <laughs> but it always just seemed to fall on you. And I thought it was just a great running gag because I noticed it when Celia actually said it out loud on that podcast I was listening to. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't the only one who noticed. Oh gosh, yeah. that's funny. That's so funny. <laughs> I'm happy to be picked on. Whatever, whatever people do to me. Yeah, Hamish made me dack him, so you know, if I'll dack. I'll, I'll do whatever. How aware of you? How aware of comedy were you? Um, you know, before you sort of started going down that road as a comedian. Um. So how aware of comedy? You know, when I was. So I've been acting since I was 10, right? Yeah. Originally from Brizzy. And I did a, I think I think it was still on the stage, which is a competition run by Rotary International. Mm -hmm. and I, th I think it's this, hopefully I'm, hopefully I'm not getting it wrong. It's some kind of competition yeah. uh, in my late teens. And I remember being offered as part of it, like there was a comedy, like a stand-up comedy yeah. <laughs> workshop. Yeah. And... I remember saying, "Oh no, it's okay." And the lady was like, "Oh, okay. You don't you don't want to be part of the workshop." Yeah. I was like, "No." And so I wasn't part of that. So I I was aware enough to go, "No, that's not something I I I don't think I need to go down that uh, that path at all." Co comedy stuff. I was like very much acting, acting, acting. Yeah. However, when I look back now, I since I was yeah, since since I was. 10, 11, I've been making funny stuff and I've been writing funny yeah. or trying to be funny stuff. And I've been writing those comedy monologues that I went, um, that I was entering competitions with and I'd splice together yeah. funny music video stuff. And so. So rather unintentional then. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah I would say you're like, just laying the groundwork, uh, the you know the groundwork without sort of even realizing it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and maybe also fight, maybe, maybe to some extent dismissing it a bit. Yeah, right. Because do you think it was beneath you? <laughs> no, not, was- not at all. I, I think comedy is so hard. Like I was listening to the uh, interview um, you did with Francis Greenslade. Oh yes, and yeah. uh, I agree with him. Comedy, comedy is very, very uh, hard, but. I think, I think because that stuff has come maybe easier to me. I, I've just not like I've done it, but it hasn't been my my focus. Yeah, and so it's kind of been the serious dramatic yeah. like, or stuff, which I'm still very much interested in yeah. and and doing. But I think what I think it's one of those things where people latch onto it, and if mm. it's working, then people know you for it, and then you you kind of start to get. Uh, yeah, known for that thing, yeah. which is good, which you yeah. which you need yeah. to be able to progress. Were you a drama kid at school? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I so when I was ten, yeah, when I was about ten, I started doing acting classes. Oh, yeah, I've been an agent since I was ten, and yeah, wow. uh, yeah auditioning. Uh, my parents are lovely. Take, and my older brothers, they'd take them to sports and scouts yeah. and the stuff they were interested in. And I went to do my musicals. So I was yeah. doing two, three or four musicals a year and doing yeah commercials, starting mm. off doing extra work uh, and then just acting, 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 yeah. singing choir. So, yeah, very, very, very much when I found acting, I feel that gave me my personality. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of it's, it's been the thing. And, and when I saw Titanic... Because Titanic's my favorite movie, and, yeah, and why I got in. Oh, it's amazing! Fantastic. Have yeah. you seen um, a? Oh no, I'm gonna forget the name. A A Night to Remember. Uh, no, no, I've heard of it, it's, but I haven't seen so it. So I got recommended to yeah. me a. Uh, it's a, a bit older, isn't it? Like yeah, six fifties. Fi- Fifty, 50s? I think it's yeah. fifty-eight yeah, or fifty-three. Yeah. yeah, and it is amazing. Yeah. like it is like Titanic's awesome, but this it, it's very much more. It's based on all the it's there's it's all non-fiction it's not a documentary but it's mm. all based on the real characters yeah and it's black and white and it's more about how the the, the morse code like sos had just changed over and so other ships didn't hear yeah, yeah. understand the sos and and but it's it's awesome mm. and and it was a super super uh high budget movie at the time and it flopped but it just is like and i'm there watching it with my partner like 70 years later going this is incredible. Yeah. But at the time it wasn't really embraced by anyone, but it's, yeah, yeah well, well worth watching. If you love Titanic, yeah, no, A Night to Remember, yeah. it's like, it's really solid. No, I should because I love that story of the Titanic oh. is just an incredible one of, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's all, you know, awful and incredible and, um, yeah, and yeah, James. Yeah. I, James yeah. Cameron. Yeah. In- incredible. Yeah. Just I, incredible visionary. Every um, sort of small part in that film had their own character as well. Like they were real people yes. from the Titanic. Yes. And like even sort of, you know, an extra, that was a actual person. And I just sort of love that, um, you know, texture to that, that to that movie yeah. as well. The attention yeah. to detail is insane. Yeah. I mean, even just, you know, t- making Titanic was hard, but all the... Sub- submersible stuff going close to Titanic, all that, like that, that's yeah. that was even harder. And that's yeah. what he did first. When, whenever I watch that movie, I start going down the rabbit hole again of finding out who all the people were again. Yeah. Um, like that chef that sort of stayed alive the entire oh, night. Yes. And he, the reason he, well, 
he states the reason he survived is because he was drinking all night long. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. Uh, on so one of the other ensemble members from yeah. Thank God, Carlo Ricci. Yeah, he has a podcast called Did Titanic Sink? Yeah, right. Really, really good. Uh, Great. Yeah, I won't say anything about that. it, yeah. but that's it, it's awesome podcast. Yeah. Um, after they listen to this one, yeah, you can go and yeah. have uh, yeah. What what musicals were you in as a ten year old? So the first one was the Snow Queen. So this is like amateur you yeah. know, pantomime kind of yes. stuff. Um, so yeah, it was the Snow Queen was the first one, yeah. and then Peter Pan, Robin Hood, Space Out Santa, Humbug, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. This uh, mm. like lots of others kind of like that. But that was you know two, two nights a week and a weekend kind of doing that, and mm. then acting classes or acting workshops or casting workshops or yeah, just doing it all all the time um and as a kid you have to update your headshots all because you, you're growing yeah yeah of course. it's like every year yeah. it's like huh, new photos new yeah. photos and then yeah and then i ended up i was an extra on uh h2o just add water yeah and right stuff, yes. and the elephant yeah. princess maybe yeah and it was at that time that i was about 18 that i then got like my first big break in tv which was toy box Toy box. Toy box. What is toy box? Toy box is well. <laughs> funny you ask. Then toy box is a. Uh, it was a kids show for Channel Seven. Yeah. Uh, there's Tom and Teen. It's like Toy Story. Yeah. But but uh, live action. Yeah. So it was a five to one set. So it was yeah. a kids bedroom. So the skateboard yeah. was the size of this desk. Yeah. And the doll's house was huge. And yeah, cricket bat was the yeah. size of a house. So I played Tom, the cowboy, mm-hmm. uh, and then there was Tina. And uh, the ballerina, and then Net Super Ned, the blue robot, and mm-hmm. uh, Patches, the ragdoll, and Remy and Ricky, two uh, little rabbits. And we did 290 episodes of that. Jeez. Yeah, over yeah. two and a half years, four seasons at Mount, Co- wow. Mount Cuther, Channel 7 Studios. Yeah, right. 2010, 2011, 2012. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that, that was, that, that was uh, at the time, I was like, oh, I'm so old to be finally casting something. It's taken so long. But Again, looking back at yeah. eighteen, it was very formative, amazing. Uh, so, yeah. so you get that job at eighteen. At what point do you make a move to Melbourne? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so twenty thirteen is when I moved to Melbourne. You're right. So, when I was at Channel Seven, yeah. so I started to uh, I acting teachers will always say, create your own work, mm-hmm. make your own work. And I think that will always be true and it's more true now than ever. Yeah. And so uh, when I was at Seven, I kind of put together with some friends, a, a friend, Darren Lowe, who was in my acting class, a sketch comedy pilot because at the time, mm-hmm. Skit House and Comedy Inc., I was like, oh, it's been a while. There hasn't been sketch comedy. And so we we filmed some skits and, uh, and, and pitched it. And it didn't really go anywhere, right? Uh, but then at the end of 2012, I also got cast in an ABC drama mm-hmm. called The Gods of Wheat Street, and that was coming out in 2013. Right. So I'd kind of done four seasons of Toy Box. It wasn't being renewed, and I had this thing coming out in Melbourne, and so I was like, mm-hmm. oh, let's let's go. And I spoke to my agent, Nat, and, and she was like, oh, Melbourne's more kind to Brizzy people. Like, right. so I, uh, if you choose between Sydney and Melbourne, maybe go Melbourne. It's more nurturing yeah. at the Fringe Festival and everything. And so, yep. Move to Melbourne, it's all going to happen. Yeah. ABC show coming out. That then got delayed by more than a year. So nothing was really yeah. happening. But as soon, uh, very soon after I moved, uh, I started working at Crown Casino as a 
blackjack dealer mm-hmm. and I got a call from the production company of behind Toy Box mm-hmm. to say, hey, that Channel 7 thing, we think maybe we can get some funding. And so that's when I uh, got my first web series, We Are Darren and Riley, yeah. up with Screen Queensland funding. And that thus beginneth, begunneth, begun <laughs> the, uh, the back and forth Queensland, Victoria that I've kind of done for the last 10 years or so. Yeah, well. Yeah. So you mentioned that there that you had a job at Crown Casino. Yes. Were there any points in your sort of younger days when you were doing Toy Box where you had to fall back onto a job like that? Oh, or, 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 or were you always relying on those professional acting gigs to support what you wanted to do? So I've always uh, been doing, I've always done other stuff yeah. <laughs> as well. Yeah. So when I was at, so whilst I was doing Toy Box, yeah. I also started a stationary company with my yeah, right. best friend, Matt, uh, Matt Barham. We, we, yeah, these miniature magnetic mm-hmm. ballpoint pens mm-hmm. we always have had an entrepreneurial stri- yeah. uh, streak. So got 5,000 manufactured from China and they, they, yeah. it was kind of a, it was a, it was, it was a bit of a failure. It, it yeah. didn't go too well. Uh, yeah. If anyone wants to start a business, don't get five thousand designed and, and ordered before you before you start. Maybe just start with like five yeah. or ten. Uh, so I'd done that, and I'd also started a, a few other online businesses, which are all very like more passion things. They weren't these yeah. hugely profitable things or anything. Uh, but during Toy Box, I'd actually shoot uh, about three or four days of the week. I'd shoot from yeah six a.m. till about 6 p.m. Yeah. And then I'd go to uh, the a club, uh, like an RSL club, and I'd be working bar and gaming there and then yeah. sometimes helping run the yeah. restaurant till like 11 o'clock. So, so even if you are working professionally as yeah. an actor on television, you still well, have to have these little jobs uh, in between. <laughs> look, well, you don't, have, you don't have to, and I guess it depends on, because I often think about there, oh, are, there oh. are actors who, I mean, say Daniel Day-Lewis, right? Yes. I often think and maybe he is retired now, maybe mm. that he's not going to come back, who knows. But, you know, eight, nine, ten years between roles and he goes off and becomes a carpenter and, beca- and all this stuff, I often think, oh, is that, uh, is he ever having an existential crisis? Who am I? Like yeah. I have, think about that. I haven't done that, yeah. the, the acting thing yeah. for eight years or nine years. Yeah. Uh, and I think that either you are having ex- existential crises <laughs> about that or you have the self-worth to go, I, it doesn't matter what I do, I am still who I am. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not validated, I'm not defined by my work. Mm. Uh, so, and it's funny, the grass is always greener, right? So when yeah. you get a job, like uh, you, you, you audition and you go, oh my gosh. No, before you even audition, you go, oh gosh, I'd love to get an audition. Yeah. Then you, you get an audition for this thing like a toy box. You go, oh my God, this is amazing. This would be fantastic. I would be great in this. Oh, I'm definitely going to get this role. This is, this is, this is me. This is me. Yeah. This is me. Then you're waiting, waiting for the callback and you get the callback. And then when you get the job, that's the thing that yeah. you've been having in your mind. But then you get the contract and you go, oh, it really only goes for three months or four months. Yeah. And, well, what do, what do I do after that? Do I quit? Like, do I quit my job? Well, it's first again. And so, and so you can just get hung up on the end and how, because everything is going to have an end date. Yeah. Uh, and then on the opposite side, you can be signed up to a six season or a six, you know, with Marvel, how they sign you up for six yeah. movies or whatever. Yeah. And then 
you can be restricted and you could be thinking, oh, gosh, I wish I could go and do other stuff, but I have to stay with this yeah. contract I have. So I think humans can be just so unhappy no matter what we do. No. <laughs> I mean, you build up these sort of fantasies of what you want and then you get there and then, yeah, as you said, the grass is always Green. <laughs> yeah, grass always green. Uh, I'll I'll list. So I've I've had many 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 different jobs, and yeah. I'm sure still will. Uh, so what? Yeah. So all kinds of hospitality stuff. I've done sales. I've done superannuation debt collection. I've worked at Crown. I've worked in reality TV a lot as well. So I've done heaps of different roles in reality TV and studio TV, and. Then I've yeah started different businesses. I've taught. I've uh, I, m- many different things, and this is not uncommon. Like everyone, every actor, every performer has something else yeah. that they either need to do or want to do because it's just good to like it. We are reflecting life back. Do you take much risk in your life when it comes to um, the jobs you take as an actor? Uh as in like creative yeah, risks? Yeah, cre- creative risks. Do you take many creative risks? I would say so. Uh, I would, well, depends on how you define risk. So with my show, so I do, I, a couple of years ago, I decided to do, did, did you come along to see Riley Nottingham Need Your Help potentially? Yeah, I think it, or did you, the one, one that um, was in Melbourne Fringe, I believe. Which one was that? The Choose Your Own Adventure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, oh, yeah. cool. Okay, yeah. so... That was my second show, right? So in 2022, I decided to to make my own uh, live start doing start doing solo shows. Yeah, and so that was an example of having a deadline. And I booked the theaters and booked everything. Yeah. But I didn't have a show yet. Yeah. So if that's risky, then yeah, I guess I, yeah. I I'll book stuff without having it, just knowing it, it'll uh, it'll work out. Yeah. So I kind of do that stuff. Yeah. Do Do you um Do you think creative risk is even risk at all if you're creating Mm. i think creative risk is a risk at all the the risk look i think the risk is not a it uh unless it's genuine life or death so take life or death stuff away Mm. and very it's not very often that people will be like you know tell me a joke or sing a good song i will shoot you you know in the mouth like that doesn't happen too often uh from what i hear and so I think the, uh, the, 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 the risk of creativity, right, it's actually yeah. like a fear and the fear is or the thought is I will do something mm. and it will be a bit shit yeah. uh, or it will be really bad or it will be middling, uh, it will be just nothing. Um, that, there's that fear right, yeah. of being vulnerable. And, uh, and so I think just, just uh, kind of... Kind of working through that in in terms of the only thing you can control is do I think this is good and do it like is this entertaining is this something I want to do is this a project that's important mm-hmm. to me do I think it will move people is it worth spending my time on am I enjoying it and how it's perceived I'm I'm trying to step more and more away from that yeah because I've really hung on tight to that in the past uh, and it's really like led to some kind of big emotional turmoil in my life because you put so much into something and yeah. you you have expectations for it and when they're not met it's like this crushing kind of thing so to answer long way of answering your question yeah. is that i think as as you as i step further and further away of 
from kind of caring too much about how it's perceived. Yeah. I think that's that's very freeing. Yeah. Do Do you feel like you have to stay in a constant state of creating? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think it's really good. Where I, this is something recently actually where I've been sometimes not feeling great mm -hmm. and I go, oh, have I created today? Have I been creative? Yeah. And truthfully, no, because mm. there's so much, uh, it's funny, there's so much business stuff no, ma no matter what path you do. Like I, sometimes we can get, um, if, if, if there's any artists listening who are working a job that's like a nine to five, right, right. And, you know, office job or something that's boring, not their passion, you can get so hung up and I used to get hung up going, oh, this is boring, emails and spreadsheets and phone calls and it's all not the creative stuff, right? But <laughs> even when you're doing like full-time uh, creative stuff, yeah. there is so much business still to do. Like even with you, mm -hmm. right, with a podcast, yeah. there's a creative element. There's so much admin involved there is, that you would not even realise. So yeah. No matter what you do, there's always admin. Yeah. And so, um, so uh, I... I really like to structure my days where I, it's forced creativity. Yeah. So it's, yeah, or it's it's three or four or five hours of only creativity yeah. stuff because otherwise the the admin side, the business side can take over and it, yeah, corrupts the, it's that, corrupts the thing you're, you're trying to yeah. do because uh, all the other stuff is like a side effect but you need the creativity, you need to be fueling that mm. in order to have all the, any, business case for it anyway mm. uh not that making money from art is also like you can make money from art that yeah. you don't believe in or don't enjoy so i think i think the art the money side of art is is separate and doesn't doesn't necessarily mean anything yeah are you good holding yourself to account in some things yeah in some things the the deadlines help like i think i would there's things i there are some things where I say I'm going to do them and I, I do, but I'm actively working on making that, yeah. you know, all, all of my life. But, uh, yeah, I was, I'd, say, I'd say fairly good. Always always yeah. looking to improve. So you spent a good amount of time working on, you know, other people's projects, right? And now you've gone off and you've done your own comedy festival shows. Yep. What has that process been like? Because... I guess it can become very easy to become shackled to someone else's fantasy and not sort of living living your own fantasy. Is this doing your own shows? Is this now you living your fantasy? Oh, <laughs> uh, look, I love doing my so it's always fun when when you become when you're a, a day player on another person's project yeah. or just coming in to help to play a character to yeah. help serve their story. Mm. I love that. And that is amazing. Uh, but the reason I'm really enjoying the shows, especially live shows, because I've also made some TV shows and uh, a, a film that's coming out later this year, but that stuff, th there is, again, it, it's much more like any TV show or any film, there's what, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 yeah. people involved. Yeah. And so it's a it's a real collaboration. It, it should be. Mm. Uh, but what I love about doing the solo shows is, yeah, it's, I will die by my own sword. Yeah. Like I'm not saying that it couldn't, like it would be a different thing if it was writing with someone else or if there were other people involved and it would be not necessarily better or worse, but it would be different. Uh, but the, I really like that if I put in the work, 
and I yeah. think it's good. I put it out regardless of what happens. It's like I've done the best I can. I really believe yeah. in this. I this has meant something to me, and it is yeah. It's so satisfying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I it's 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 certainly an area of of my life where I feel like I'm totally in control, yeah. and that is yeah. If you can be in control yeah. uh, of your of your life yeah. uh, as to the extent that anyone can be. Yeah, I think it's a real, um, you can be proud and you can also, if you, if you don't meet a goal that you're wanting to meet, you can then talk to yourself and go, oh, why didn't this happen and what was good, what mm. maybe was a bit of a challenge, what could be improved and yeah. Oh, and yeah. yeah. A, a quote that I, um, I love is most writers don't enjoy the process of writing. They enjoy having written. Ah, oh, yes. Is yes, yes. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. R- writing is so like, and so I've like when I say writing, most even I do a lot of songwriting and musical mm. music writing, and then there's uh, like this is the reason. The reason. So for a long time, right, I have friends who are such great writers, and they've written so many feature films and so many books and and so many different TVs. TV pilots and they just write and write and write. And I never, I, I, I really struggled with that. I couldn't sit down and do that. And I went, oh, this is, I just can't, this is so hard. How can you possibly do this? And then I realized, oh, I'm like that in front of a piano. Like yeah. I can just write and I can just explore music, like chords and just go for hours and hours and hours and hours and look, oh, it's been 10 hours. So that's me. So I found my, my thing that at the moment is my like flow state with yeah. writing. But even that, it is, it's so hard. I will do anything. I'll say part of deck, like, like the piano's in the corner of our place. And I'll do everything <laughs> to not go to it. Like even yeah. though then when I do it, I'm like, this is so good and this is great. It is so hard. Yeah. My my first show manifesto, that was, th- there were days where, because I, re- I remember journaling about it, there was a day that I'd been going for like six hours and it was basically ter- like it felt like I was banging my head against the wall and yeah. it was just like terrible but then there was this this oh something that clicked yeah. in, in like the last hour and so the first it was it's like torture mm. it kind it kind of is I, I I think writing uh you know and I'm and and you know and I could be doing all this stuff and the audience goes oh it's not even good writing you know like that could still happen but it's like just the the consistency of of writing and and people who've written like writing any book is hard. If you've yeah. written a hundred books and what like, it's so impressive because the consistency to to write to create. There's nothing, and then you have to write like write something. I can just create it out of nothing. I, I think it is very very difficult. Yeah. Um. But also very rewarding. Yeah. Uh, and I do think that any, anyone can do it. Like I. Uh, I think most people would find it hard. Um, and it's like going to the gym or something. I think it's hard, like going once or twice or the, every so often. Yeah. I think it's really hard. It's much easier when you're in a routine. You're not yeah. really thinking about it. Like I know I have a like. Do you have like a coffee every day or something you do every day? Oh yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. And so you're probably not thinking, yeah. do I want a coffee or not today? No. You're probably thinking, what kind of coffee? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But you're not like you're just. You're you would have, never question. No, you'd never, no. You'd never question caffeine. <laughs> no, no, exactly. No. It's uh, it's hard to um yeah it's hard to get into that routine. Oh, uh, it's it's hard to get into. Yeah. Then when you're in it, it's 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 really easy. But then it's hard. Yeah, it it's 
Yeah, but routine, routine and habits are like the cornerstone and being being consistent at mm-hmm. whatever you do. I think that's yeah, I mean, I think there's so many things you can you can really like leap up and in, in bounds and and go like from level A to B to Z yeah. and then but if you stop, you can just like it, it's it's easy to 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 be working and and satisfied and and creatively fulfilled for like a month and then maybe a year but like to to 10 years what's my career been like 20 years 30 years 40 years 50 years there's very few people who've sustained a you know a career for 60 70 80 years and so because it's the consistency it's it that's that's the challenge like um but then again it all comes down to just day by day it's only ever this day Mm -hmm. uh yeah are you, are you good at being patient? <laughs> no, no. I think, oh, Dan, I think I'm better. I think I'm better at being patient. Yeah. But it's, I will still have thoughts that are, oh, it'll be great when that happens. Yeah. I'll be happy when when that hap- mm. happens. And that's, that thought is, is I think, a, a, I would prefer not to have those thoughts yeah. and to, to more be like, I'm loving what I'm doing now. And I don't need, like, I'm loving what I'm doing now mm. and I don't need anything else. And it's kind of, it sounds like a cliche, enjoy the yeah. journey, but it's totally true. Like there are, there are, there is stuff where you, like I've done, sh- I've done films that I've thought are really great short, um, you know, a couple of short films and uh, some theatre stuff that I think I've done some of my best work. It's been so connected. It's been amazing. I've really believed in the story and, and, and the group. It was incredible. Mm. It's never seen the light of day. Yeah, and because of stuff that's gone on in the background, or just sickness, or whatever, uh, some sometimes stuff just never comes out. And then sometimes you do a great scene and it hits the editing room floor, and sometimes you can do something great and yeah. no one sees it uh, anyway. Like, or, or they don't see it until like me with a night to remember. Yeah, when those people made this, inc- what I think is an yeah. incredible film. Yeah, it it was just it was a it was a bomb, and yeah. like they're they've all they're they're all dead. And here I am, seventy years later, going. That's an incredible movie. That's incredible. I mean, they didn't they didn't get to hear it, but it it's it was incredible. So yeah. I think uh, I I I try to go. I'm enjoying what I'm doing now, mm. and like following what's making me happy. And then you're golden. It's when you start mm. going. Oh, this will get me somewhere. Yeah, like I'll, and I'll do this to get me somewhere, which I've done. Yeah, a, a lot. Yeah, it's. It's it's it it sounds like if yeah do not do something because you think it will get you somewhere because mm. it just even like it it most often won't but also this could be your life like yeah life is short and life is so precious and yeah. it's to do something that's you, you know ethically or morally or spiritually doesn't align with you because you think it will get you to another place I, I just don't it. don't no. do it I reckon yeah um. One of the reasons I love doing this podcast is not because, you know, we, you know, want it to blow up and for it to be massive or anything. We we do it because we enjoy it mm. and we do it for us. Yeah. We're not really thinking about other people yes. <laughs> too much. We're doing it because it makes us happy. Yes. And it's helped me like sort of get, get over anxiety and yep. be a better conversationalist as well. It's yep. been a massive help just... Personally, yeah, and yeah. you guys just 
spoke about it a bit and then you just did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? we didn't really procrastinate on it at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I was a, you know, a bit of an introvert um, before doing this. Yeah. And I've slowly become an extrovert, so. So did, but did, had you had you and Harmon found that you both were talking about taking action on stuff and you had that commonality or was it a surprise to both of you that you ended up doing it so soon after? Because it was within a couple of weeks, wasn't it? Was it was in within a couple of weeks, yeah. yeah. Which is yeah. amazing. I just think we both sort of said, well, if we just say, oh, we'll do it a month from now, we'll do it two months from now, then we would, like, like most people, would never do it, no. right? It's just a grain of an idea. Yes. So we didn't really, we, if we thought about it, then that would be the end. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> end, yeah. Yep. And have you questioned it or have you been steadfast from the get-go and you've gone, oh, wow, you know, because, it, cause, yeah, I, you know, to, to, be, to do something consistently, yeah. it's been going over a, a year. year. A oh, year, yeah. Okay, wow. What, what, when's the anniversary? When? Um, it was uh, mid-January, actually. Okay, so yeah, you surpassed yeah, a year. Yeah, so surpassed a year already, yeah. Right, so doing something so consistently, like, did you, did, like, has that surprised you? Did you think back then, yep, I'll have 70-something episodes? And I think one of the first things Harmon said is that we'll probably only do 10 episodes of this, but so that's been surprising yep. that we've managed to keep this consistent and we haven't missed a week since first releasing it, which is great. Because most podcasts, you know, a lot of podcasts don't make it past a certain number of episodes. Yeah. Oh. Because a lot of the sort of admin stuff and like all the editing and all that sort of like releasing it, that's the hardest part of podcasting. Mm. Sitting down and talking to someone is usually the sort of easiest part of the the process. Yeah. Yep. But a lot of people I think would just quit because of how much work it takes surrounding the what you're actually doing. Yeah. yeah. And also I think a lot of people like you go, oh, would I like to host a podcast? Um, and a lot of people might go, well, it depends. Would I like to host a podcast that has uh, 10 million listeners and followers mm. and it's already huge? Well, yes. But do I want to host a podcast that, that – two people are going to listen to for the first day yeah. or yeah. month or two. It's like, it's that fear of, oh my God. And it's it's something that I think every creative has to deal with at, at any level. Like, yeah. especially, so you came along to see a show during uh, during Fringe, right? You can have some night of a show that you think is just amazing. Yeah. You've got a sold out audience. Mm. And then the next night, I, I, had, I, had, yeah. I had two people come. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it's like... It's it is terrifying, but that it's like a challenge, and you and you either have a choice to go, oh my god, they're gonna think that oh they've come along to the show and they're gonna be oh no one's here, mm. what the hell are we doing here? Or you can say, well, I'm gonna make this the best show ever, and I'm yeah. gonna make and my goal is that they mm. walk out going, oh my god, we were so lucky to be the only two there. That was incredible, and yeah. and and it's that decision about uh, what you do with. An obstacle. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. It and and just being okay with being vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, and that, like, just if you just do stuff, it just then leads you to other stuff. And it's like, and the world's so big. Yeah. That it also, you know, and like you, it's so great. You've got past 10, 10 episodes, yeah. right? If you'd only done ten, then maybe that still would have been great, and you would have been onto something else. Yeah. You would have learned something, moved mm. on. That would have sparked ideas, and and but if you look at how 
this has like changed mm. your life already. You yeah. were saying that you guys, leave, you know, um, leaving your your jobs and that kind of thing. Like it's it's incredible yeah. the the life changing just taking action. It's yeah, it's so it's so good. Like it feels so good to yeah have have a goal and like do it and then see oh did I like doing it? But just to say you're going to do something and do it, mm. good it, feeling. It can be very easy just to throw in the towel. Mm. because of those moments where you only get two people in an audience, it's very easy to sort of just give up after that. But it's yep. sort of how do you overcome that? Yeah, how do you How do you it? forge through? <laughs> how do you forge through? Yeah. Yeah, so there's a – and I'm not perfect at this, but there's a, an experience that that happened to me right before I turned 25, mm. which has kind of – which I – try to think about and talk about as often as I can because it's a good reminder that I don't know how anything's going to turn out and it all works out. Yeah. So just before I turned 25, I'd done a series called Hitstroke FM, yeah. uh, which is actually set in not in a podcast studio but in a radio studio mm-hmm. about Australia's worst radio station. And uh, I was uh, with our production company, Humdrum Comedy, we made 14 episodes and... Uh, sold it to TVNZ, mm. uh, which is a, a network in New Zealand, and Virgin Airlines, and so I was like, "Oh, yeah. this is this is great. Done this thing that's actually been bought, and it's going to be a thing." And it came out, and it was a show, and and nothing happened. Yeah, right. Yeah. And because nothing happened, other than people enjoyed the show, but because I know the divine hand of of whatever came and pulled me and put me into other projects N- nothing else kind of happened for me as an actor and so I kind of got quite uh, depressed mm. and I ended up quit- quitting the industry and trying really hard to join the police force. Really? Yeah. Wow. And so my goal then was for the, you know, the best part of a year really trying to get into a, poli- a police force. So like Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria just because it was very com- it's always very competitive. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'd done some sessions with my psychologist and I was like, as a break from acting, what's something else? Something that could be serving the community, something that's great. Yeah, you know, I had all these reasons and I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure if I, it, it was, if I actually would have enjoyed it. Yeah, but yeah. at the time I thought I, I wouldn't. It was a good thing to do. So it, uh, yeah, I tried really hard to get into all the different police forces and trained up for the beep test and do the applications. And I ended up, in the shortlist in Rokeby, Tasmania. Yeah, right. And I was down to the final three and I didn't get in and I was crying to my mum on the phone saying, you know, I'm about to turn 25. I feel like I failed as an actor. I feel like I failed as a producer. I feel like I failed as a police officer even getting in. I don't even yeah. know if that's a thing I want to do, yeah, but I failed yeah, at yeah. that. What the hell? And uh, then in a couple of days after that, I got a job offer from a university to work in the sales and marketing department. Yeah. And it was creative and, but nothing, you know, just creative, but being just bringing in the course and marketing collateral and and that kind of thing, which I hadn't done before. It was just like a nine to five job. And I really loved it. And I was like, it was such a good mental break. And at that uni, uh, a colleague, uh, JCP shout out, uh, said, Hey, you do, producing or you were in film tv weren't you and i said oh yeah i actually yeah uh, yeah i did i did do that i kind of still do yeah. and she said oh, i've got a friend who's looking for a producer and that 
uh, ended up being TJ Power, uh, who's an actor and a director and a writer and a producer who was coming from LA back to do Offspring. Yeah, right. And he was looking to do a short film yeah. and looking for a producer. Mm. And so I ended up being the producer on that. And uh, that kind of reinvigorated my love for that. That was the first thing I'd ever produced that wasn't me, mm. uh, you know, in the either acting or writing music uh, for it. And a terrific cast in that, uh, including Andy Lee. And at the rap party, Andy said, what What do you want to do you know, after this? And I said, oh, I just love to do you know, any, anything because um, this was like on weekends. So I was still working yeah. my nine-to-five job. Yeah. And so I gave my CV in and a couple of months later I got a call to come in for a coffee for True Story with Hamish Nandy love that. to be yeah, like a great. researcher on it. Yeah. And so I quit my full-time job to to do this two-week contract yeah. with Hamish and Andy that ended up going to four, four months and then I started working on the weekly and all this stuff. So, there was, so this not getting to the police force brought me closer to the kings of comedy in TV than yeah. I'd ever been. When you thought you when you thought you were down and out as an actor yeah. and you were gonna throw it all in, you yeah. know, one phone call changes changes yeah. it all. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. And there's just no way you could predict that. And no. if I hadn't done all that stuff, uh I wouldn't like the pitching of my show Metrosexual to the Nine Network, that all, all the contacts I built up yeah. and all the stuff all it, it all kind of worked out as it was meant to. Yeah. And that's crazy. Like if you think about that, like I tried to quit the industry, tried to join the police force, not got end up in this uni yeah. and someone really says, oh, there's this person you do. And it's just, there's you just couldn't predict that. No. And so when I do get down now going, oh, I did a show or did a film or and it hasn't got the response I wanted mm-hmm. or it hasn't sold the way I wanted or it hasn't, I didn't do the performance I wanted, I go, well, that's okay because maybe that's exact. That's exactly what was meant to happen. That, yeah, yeah. Do you believe in fate? Yeah, do you think things are written in stone? They're always meant to happen. Mm, I think it's if you take action potentially. Mm. If you take action potentially, like I've, uh, like I've met the. I was lucky to meet the love of my life. You know. A, around the time of the whole just after the all the police story and stuff and i don't think hmm is it fate what would it have happened oh that's a hard one that's a hard one yeah. I, I do i do believe in like manifestation mm. like that if you that act act the way you want to be perceived and and like the things are already happening and they kind of do happen mm. i do be, i mean here's the thing for manifestation i was writing Oh, my phone's off, but I was writing a note. So the the day I got the thank God call, yeah. I was writing a note on my phone saying, uh, I love doing work for the work's sake, I'm enjoying the journey. I love building an audience bit by bit, mm. show by show, project by project. I love working with people who inspire me. I was writing that and then I got a message. Yeah. And that, like So stuff like that happens and you go, Bwah. but then also humans are meaning making machines yeah. and maybe I would have been pouring a coffee that morning and the coffee, would I would have been like, oh, that's like a coffee that I saw in an episode of Thank God You're Here and then Thank God, you know, and so I would have linked it mm. anyway. Uh, God, you asked the tough questions, man. <laughs> Jeez. I, yeah, I don't know. Fate's a tricky one for me. I think you can, I think every human has the ability to blow opportunity. Mm. Um, I think he. I think he can be going down certain paths, but I think 
you can veer off them. Yeah. 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 I, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. No, go on. Uh, well, I think there's yeah. multiple doors though. Like yeah. I, they. I, I do. If you, if you, ha- if say with the Hames and Andy thing, if I hadn't been at that music uni at mm. that time, have that call about potential opportunity, would something else have come up? Yes, I think probably yes. Like mm. I, I think, I think if you work hard, something falls into place eventually. I don't think there's just one, one chance and you've got it. Yeah. And if you go back to when I was ten or oh, as a as a teen, and that and that um, that lady asked if I wanted to do the stand up comedy workshop. Yeah. If I'd said yes, well maybe I wouldn't have done any any acting projects, and I would have just been doing raw comedy, and I would have done you know taking me down that path, and yeah. then ended up. So I think many roads lead to Rome. Mm. I, 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 I do believe that. Like it, 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 there's not, there's so many chances. Like mm. there's so many opportunities all the time and it's never too late and you can have a gazillion chances, I reckon. Mm. Well, one of the things I keep trying to tell myself if I am ever going through, you know, a hard time, I should tell myself this is only happening to you right now. Mm. This is only a here and now thing. There is a future you know oh yes like you can you will look back on this and think oh that was a hard time wasn't yeah. it yes yes yeah Th- this too shall pass yeah yes. oh it's it's so like no matter what's going on if you can smile have some smiles have some humor have a laugh about it yeah because yeah it's like will i be okay in a year and and again there is s- serious stuff and this is not always the case so the li- life actual life or death aside most of the time, will I be okay in a year? The answer is yes. Yes. Like, you know, we can go, we can say, oh, this shouldn't have happened. This, uh, th- that wasn't meant to happen. Well, no, I would have preferred it not to happen, mm. but I can deal with it. And like, oh, that shouldn't be happening. Well, no, uh, it's, it, it, it could, it, it could have not happened, but it did happen and I can deal with it. And guess yeah. what? I thought that's how much I could handle. Well, actually, what, whatever you think you can handle, whatever your hardest, you, it's so challenging, it's so tough, and you feel like you're at your peak. Well, guess what? Actually, at whatever you think your your peak is, at another level, you can actually add. You can actually handle that much more than you think you can, mm. and you're so resilient, and you can do it. And th- this will pass, and things will be better. Yeah. Um. And then you'll start to feel a bit better already. Like it, our self talk is, and self belief, I think, is the number one thing. Yeah. Uh, more than hard work, more than talent, more than Luck, uh, yeah. self belief, I reckon, uh, sees you, sees you through. Yeah, yeah. I, there's only doors to open. That's that's one of my. Uh, that's what I love. I love. There's only doors to open, not to close. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. And if there's not a door, you can build one. I, I try. I try not to um, look back too often. I try and just look ahead. Okay, but. Someone put it to us like this is that they don't look forward or back. They only live in the now as well. Yeah. Which is a very hard thing to do because you're constantly worried about either the past or the future. Yes. Can you really truly live in the now? Mm, I think you can. Yeah. I think it's hard. I think it's, it's, it's hard, but, uh, yeah. And that's, uh, I think that's why meditation and mindfulness and all those things have, come so so uh so popular because the 
the the the doing um uh you know the work is its own reward yeah and you don't need like the yeah the the future hasn't happened the past has already happened there is only now yeah this could be the last thing you ever do this this conversation could be the last one we ever have it's like there is nowhere else to be yeah yeah but then life gets in the way and and it's it's hard to to actively be thinking that when tough stuff is happening so um yeah do, do you care often what other people think? Yes. You do? <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think, well, I think the thoughts are always there, what do other people think and blah, blah, blah. But I do think it's less now. Yeah. And a, a good shift for me in the last year, year or couple of years has been kind of, the, I think the audience, whatever your work is, if you're a, a dancer or an actor or yeah. a filmmaker, whatever, an artist, whatever you, you, a songwriter, you, uh, your audience, you're doing it for, for them. Like you're doing yeah. it for you, but you're also doing it for them. Right. Yeah. So I think their opinion, your audience, what they think is, is worth listening to. Like, do they like, mm. did they not like it? Did, did the meaning come across? Did you, did you have emotional moves, um, that I was trying to, you know, trying to in, inspire in you, Yeah. but everyone else's opinion is just kind of useless. Yeah. And a lot of my life I've worried about what colleagues think or friends or family and it doesn't matter. Like yeah. because it's it's the person paying a ticket in the movie cinema or the person coming along, yeah. the person supporting you and everyone else, it doesn't like it doesn't matter. Like yeah. you don't need your colleagues or friends or family to come like it's love it's mm. lovely if they do want to support you, but you don't need need them. Yeah. another thing I try and tell myself is no one else will care if you fail. The only no. person that cares when you fail is you. Yeah. No yeah. One cares. And also no one's thinking. No, about no you. one's thinking. About no one's thinking. Everyone's about got you. their own life. Everyone, to live. Everyone's yeah. thinking, you go, I'll look after this, I'll be like, I won't be thinking about you. I'll, I'll be thinking about, oh, what do I get need to get to next? Oh my yeah. gosh, there's yeah. rubbish in the car, I'll move that. Should I get a coffee? No, it's yeah. a bit too late for a coffee yeah. now. It's oh maybe I'll still get a coffee. now. I will and and yeah. it, we, we we think about other people so, and, and like and sometimes you'll be on a on a train or in the car and there'll be someone like looking at you and you can in your head go, oh, you're looking at me and you're yeah. judging me and whatever. And, the, and, the, and it, if you went up to them and said like, stop looking at me, they'd be like, what? Mm. I was just daydreaming. I was, I, was in, I was about to quit my job. I'm just thinking about it. And like they're just not thinking about you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think um, well, Harmon's guilty of this too. Um, he's not here to Yes, I know. I can't defend himself. Um, but I think – Often we get in the past we've, you know, got really caught up in our own heads a yep. little bit. Um, and the well, the podcast again, it's like helped help helped us let go of yeah. of all that because I can be neurotic mm-hmm. as hell. I can get nervous and I'm constantly sort of trying to retune my brain a little bit whenever I'm talking to someone in the middle of a conversation. Yep. I always feel like I have to justify myself because I've always had a tendency to sort of trip over my words mm. because I have because I did speech therapy as a kid, right? And Harmon once said to me, well, you're just telling yourself that story of um, you doing speech therapy as a reason why you're not good at talking to people. Yes. But if you start to tell yourself a different story, say, no, I am good at talking to people. Yes. Then you'll be good at talking to well, people. Yeah. Like, yeah. like oh, I've done speech therapy yeah. as a kid and 
it's progressed me so much to the point that I'm able to, yeah, talk to people professionally. Yeah. I'm able to start a podcast and have conversations with yeah. people. And guess what? The world didn't explode. Yeah. And actually people come back and listening. And then more people are coming on. I'm talking to more people. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well done, Dan. Like, yeah. oh, you're killing it. You're yeah. smashing it. You know, it, it's the story you tell. Yeah. And again, like I would get so nervous just meeting new people as well. Like I'm, I love canceled plans because I'm not a social person, <laughs> but like putting, like putting this self imposed yeah. sort of, um, you know, podcast yes. <laughs> and having to talk to yeah. strangers every single week has sort of really sort of opened up my world, world more than I sort of knew it would. Yeah. And I think I certainly, I, I find that often the idea of something you, you don't, if you're thinking about it, mm. you're not, you don't look forward to it. Yeah. Right. It's like, you might go, oh, I'm, I'm going to see a show, a theater show tonight. And you'll, you're thinking, oh, parking, you gotta, I really feel like getting dressed. So I gotta get and find out how to get there and find parking. It's gonna be hard and it's gonna be tricky. And I'm gonna have to get energy to talk to people because yeah. so and so is yeah. there that I know yeah, and yeah. it'll be easy to say home or whatever. But then you can go out and nine times out of 10, you'll be like, oh, this is great. It's yeah. fantastic. I'm out and about. But if you think about the thing beforehand, mm. Um, yeah, it's, you can, you can build up all the reasons and it's all just resistance. Yeah. I think like I, I'm, I used to be so, it was very easy for me to do that sort of thing Yeah, to think of all the reasons yeah. how it could go wrong. Co- so, COVID was good for that in that you yeah. didn't need an excuse yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah. You just, just, you just didn't see anyone. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, uh, like the. Obviously, a te- you know, a terrible time, but the silver lining, I think, for, um, yeah, sometimes if you didn't, like, it did take away the social pressure, like there was because mm. you couldn't see people, it t- kind of took away, yeah, any pressure about that. Like yeah. you didn't need to say why, yeah, you just couldn't, yeah, yeah. I, 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 um, I used to do stand-up comedy years and years ago, but yeah. I would get terrified going up on stage. But while I was doing it. It's completely fine. Really? Yeah. Okay. Cool. And, but but the sort of bef- the you know the moment you go on stage beforehand is the thing that sort of terrifies you to the point where oh. you where I had to sort of stop. But now that I've done this, I thought, oh, maybe I could do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Would you get off stage and be like so excited, so adrenaline, be that like, I was the best? Yeah, the adrenaline would take over from yeah. that point. But it was just that sort of terrifying moments before getting, getting up on stage, mm. the overthinking that would sort of, that sort of killed any sort of ambition that yes. I had to take that, you know, forward. Yep. But now I feel like I could probably do it yeah. again, you know? Oh, you probably could. Yeah. It's it's strange how, how life sort of plays out, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is it fate? Is it not? Yeah. Who knows? How, how, how long have you just been doing solo work now for? So the solo show started in 2022. Yeah. So yeah. 2020. Yeah. So I write a new show every year mm-hmm. since 2022. Yes. So, okay. so I've got my first comedy festival show yeah. in 2024, but by the end of the year, I'll have written another show as well. Yeah. That's yeah. just like a goal I set for myself. So I have to do it. So you're relatively new to the sort of, I guess, stand up comedy world of it all then. Yeah. yeah. So it, it is, I've done lots of musicals and stage stuff in. Hmm. Where it's been a, a two-person show, even yeah, but yeah, solo on stage, absolutely, yeah, and I've and and getting on some stand-up comedy lineups and yeah. stuff, uh, yes, 
it it is a new thing mm. for sure. Yeah. What what's it like? What's it like to well, step into that world after sort of being more of a performer with others and now getting into that world by yourself? Yeah. Well, it's a bit. It's a. It's been a big learning curve i mean it's been awesome mm. and that's why i was interested you saying that i'm comedian because mm. you've seen the show yeah and i so, saw the show i sort of know you from that yeah but i also know you from thank god you're here yes. i didn't know that you have been acting longer than yeah. you've been doing comedy yeah, so now yeah. i would just refer to you as a comedian yeah no no cool and so but <laughs> yeah. this is the thing uh the and this is the thing i used to get so hung up on i'm like oh how do what will people perceive me as mm. and it's totally it's what people know you for yeah like see you you've seen me in a comedy sense and so you think, oh, a comedian. And then other people yeah. could go, oh, no, you're a dramatic actor. What? Well, I, I'm not going to see your thing. And it's like you just can't control what people think. Yeah. So anyway, but cool. So uh, the the thing has been because I have my, my stuff's all music-based, like yes. behind my piano, and it's it's been cool just to because uh, the, 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 the music – side of it I'm more comfortable with yeah and the talking in between is what I'm less comfortable with yeah but but very much just learning what I can be is honest and so instead of playing a character I'm off I'm really trying to be authentically me so that has been really nice to go uh I will like I told a true story on stage the other yeah. night and people laugh mm. because they're connecting with it because it's honest and I'm not trying to make it I don't, it's not loaded with punchlines. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm uh, a comedian in the same way of, uh, you know, three yeah. jokes a minute or four jokes a minute really punchy. That, yeah. That's because uh, my stuff also has uh, an emotional side to mm. it, I think. But it has been cool just to kind of practice being yourself and practice mm. being just just like just you and not 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 hiding behind a character yeah. as, as, that's, as actors that's do. That's so interesting that you you say that you've leaned into being more authentic on stage and it's sort of helped because I guess, again, back to our podcast, is we've sort of we've leaned more into ourselves a bit more mm. than we did at the start. Yeah. At the start I think we were probably a bit too too wooden because we weren't bringing ourselves to yes. the podcast. But now that we're a bit more sort of honest with our personal lives and mm. it's – made the podcast more authentic and it's i think it's made it a little bit better as well yeah well it also yeah. helps because you don't have like you could uh what lie am i going to spin yeah. what mask am i going to wear today oh yeah. i can just be you're not pretending no it's no. you yeah exactly yeah. it was like even to no coming today i was like okay okay I, I'm my, my family and but it's like i don't need to remember i know <laughs> yeah what my, who my family is yeah. i don't need to remember the lies yeah, or anything. yeah yeah uh yeah i love that <laughs> I should probably start to wrap up soon. I just hope I didn't fuck up the audio at the start. So oh. that's been playing on my mind a little bit. <laughs> Not going to lie. Oh, like for the, ho- yeah, for the no, whole start? Oh, no, no. It's sort of when this fell out, I thought, oh, fuck, I didn't uh, fuck or, up the audio at the start. Well, I think when it fell out, then it was like me talking and then I brought it up. And oh, like, that's good. That's I th- good. I think that's it- good. I hope so. Also, there's music playing downstairs. See? Yeah. My, my old self would be. So wrapped up in yeah. in the, all the distractions, so yes. the, the distractions downstairs, yes. the distractions with the audio not mm-hmm. working. But I managed to bot that out <gasps> yeah. the, yeah. until the very end. It's yeah. great. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Something um, just jogged in my head, Dan, which is about performing solo. The, big, yeah. the best, the most liberating thing mm. has been that sometimes there's a sometimes it's a great gig. It's amazing. Sometimes the audience is ice cold, and you, 
because you it's not just this one sh- you know, you mm. know just whatever it's just and then you do it the next night and you might do two shows in a day sometimes yeah. and it's just you just let it go yeah like, so it's like if something goes well if it doesn't go well it's it it's, it's like oh, I'm, there's no situation mm. where i'm gonna stop basically yeah. so it's like mm. even if i go oh my gosh i'm so nervous and i vomit all over the stage and it's so embarrassing and I run off stage well that I go on the next day and I go oh gosh that was embarrassing but onto the next day onto yeah. the next thing you just and mm. it kind of takes the pressure off like it does yes. matter this yes. moment now does matter but it also doesn't matter yeah it doesn't matter at all yeah I know yeah yeah like even when we have a guest on yeah. and we feel we turn to each other and say oh we could have done a bit better but there's always the next one there's the right? next one yeah there's the next one and then I I don't find that uh, even if we quote unquote fail mm. with with someone that we've had on the podcast, I always take that as a learning experience, mm. not a not a failure. No, and there's mm. perfection doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it, yes, it, it, it just it doesn't. It, yeah, it doesn't exist. And you could also what what gets tricky is where you mm. start to go. Yep, I really don't like that. Mm. I wasn't my heart wasn't in it. I I don't think that's my best work. I don't I don't like this project. And if that then goes off yeah. and people love it, then you're like, oh, gee, well, I hate it, yeah. but you love it. So who's right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's Yeah, it's, so and I think that's the danger if you're not doing something because you love it because mm. you can then be like, oh, gosh, I found an audience for something, yeah. but I don't like the way I'm doing it. I'm stuck mm. here. It's, oh, it's tricky. So to wrap this up, oh, first of all, please tell me, or tell the audience where they can find you. Uh, yeah, you can find me uh, on on Instagram, uh, RJ Nottingham, and <laughs> on uh, and then I think I think TikTok and YouTube and stuff is Riley Nottingham official because mm. uh, someone bloody if anyone knows <laughs> the Riley Nottingham. Right, it's someone who's got the username Riley Nottingham. They they, they don't have any posts. They don't. They, it's blank. It's completely blank. Hasn't been used for years. If you know them, could you please ask them kindly? Like, would they mind if I just? Because I'd love to have my yeah my name. Of course. Uh, but uh, you know, God, they just mm. they got it so early, <laughs> so early years ago. Uh, but uh, yeah. <laughs> and you're doing a full run at the Melbourne Comedy Festival yeah. this year as well. Full you, run. Yeah, full run. Riley Nottingham needs your help. I need yeah. your help. Uh, yes, it's the it, whole, yeah it's, the whole thing. Yeah. Is that scary? <laughs> uh, it's scary. Oh, I'm I'm so excited. I'm yeah. I'm super 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 excited. Every night's a bit different. Yeah. To choose your own adventure. That's great. So love it. Um, yeah. No. Super stoked. <laughs> what are the words of wisdom you live by? Oh. Words of wisdom I live by. Uh, every every way works. Every way works, and I guess I think about this. I'll, I'll talk about it creatively, but it applies to anyone for anything. Because mm-hmm. people are always asking, how do you how do you how do you pitch a TV show? How do you get your project off the ground every every way works like yeah. you can go the traditional route of pitching to a network uh, netflix or whoever and they say yes and bob's your uncle yeah. you can write your own show put it on put it live on stage a tv executive sees it and they go oh i want it to be a series like fleet happened with uh, phoebe waller bridge and fleabag mm-hmm. at yeah. edinburgh that can happen you can have a big enough youtube channel that you don't you don't when netflix asks can we have it you go oh 
I don't need you. Like yeah. I've I've yeah. got it. Like I don't. I'll just host it on my own platform. And yeah. Every, every way works, and then you can also be in like I've been working in Bunnings before. I didn't get an audition for something. I was working in Bunnings, and the casting director approached me, and then I got this role. Right. That's I didn't. Great. I didn't. Yeah. You know, it's like. Yeah. Uh, it's like it's 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 kind of daunting because it's like everywhere works but it's also exciting because it's mm. everywhere works mm-hmm. so i would say that that whenever you think oh that's hasn't worked out and it, well no hold on it's like not the finish line yet there could be another way every way works i love that it's been incredible thank you for this conversation oh it's been fun that's why i love podcasting because you don't have this opportunity to just sit down and have an honest conversation about you know Pursuing creativity. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thanks for asking. I feel like I've talked about me a lot, but I guess that's, that's good. That's the whole point. The point. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs>